0: Awesome. But amazing, Gustav. Thanks for being on the podcast. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Let's see. Let's uh, just start with a quick introduction to get everything rolling. Because uh, obviously, my guests are, or my audience, I mean, are usually not very familiar with the people that I speak with. So can you just give us a very
1: brief introduction about uh, who you are, what you do? Yeah. So my name is Gustav. I'm, I'm the founder and and CEO of uh, Footwear and 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 leather goods accessory brand uh, called flattered uh founded in stockholm and we sell yeah mainly all over the world but we are like born in the in the digital era so it we started off with an income and then have grown into being this more like over the holistic, yeah, traditional brands so to say. Mm. Uh, we do not have any. Oh, we have one like shop and shop retail at the department store in 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 Stockholm. But other than that, we usually work with with marketplaces. Our own site, which is the main channel for us, and wholesale as well. Mm. And uh, what we are trying to to build is something that looks, builds on the craftsmanships of the factories in in Southern Europe, and also, of course, where we come from, the heritage of the Scandinavian design and minimalism and, and and that's what we're trying to to build on amazing
0: yeah so it's a brand that originally started in this sort of like direct to consumer well not it was quite early in the sort of like direct to consumer uh boom i guess yeah you i think it.
1: evelyn and then warby parker and those guys were, were uh, a few years before us but we were quite uh yeah
0: quite early because most brands got started around what 2014 15 on that end and you used to yeah. started what 2012 2013 yes the 13 yeah interesting and yeah well well it's based on what you're saying right your are position more as a brand that is high quality in terms of production and manufactured most of them is done locally in europe with an accessible price point relative to luxury goods overall correct yes Interesting. Wow, very interesting positioning. I don't know if I, I don't know if I know a lot of Scandinavian brands that are positioned in that sense. Which is, I—I I guess, what made it successful in the first place, back when everything started, or what do you think? Well, I guess before asking you that question, can you just can you just give us a brief, brief sort of like story on how everything got to happen? Because I know that there's a lot of information online on you know the company story and how everything started, but again, for the listeners at home that don't know how the process looked like, can you just give us a brief?
1: story yeah, of course it, it's actually started off uh, my my wife she was interesting in in doing belly flats. Mm. Then we thought like, oh Belfast is quite competitive uh, area uh, uh, but then we 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 uh, found out that we could do this belly flat as an as an indoor slipper and, and back then it was quite popular with indoor slippers for. For men but it didn't exist any for uh for women at least not in a more like sophisticated design way mm. you had it at least in scandinavia uh, you had this very clumsy sheepskin skin uh slippers but you didn't have this more sophisticated that you could wear with with normal clothing so so that's how it all started so we, we were like this one product brand the first two years uh both me and my wife also worked like this it was like done on on evenings and weekends and so on how Hmm. i guess how it usually is uh but the two first years and then we started also adding on like so to say normal footwear outdoor footwear uh and then it started to take off and and i guess that that's that's the start of it and today we are we are like a full range footwear brand uh with uh, all kind of uh I don't think we are that strong in sneakers and that kind of trainers and that categories, but, but, um, despite that, I think we covered all and, and also now, uh, uh, leather goods, such Mm. as bags and accessories. Interesting.
0: Wow. And. What did the investment banker in you? Because I know you have a background in investment banking. So, what did the investment banker in you think about diving into a very competitive landscape? And probably you chose. I mean, I don't know how complicated the ballet flat is to make, but footwear is usually the most complicated product to develop early on.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that, as, as you said, but I think that was a maybe not done by purpose but i guess ballet flats is one of the easiest footwear okay. to, to actually create uh, uh, both from from n- not coming from from the from the industry and also from from a factory in terms of like uh, yeah zero background us, in production yeah, yeah exactly and us describing what type of design we want and so on uh so coming coming back to that so i think it has been a learning process but then of course the the, the factories in in what we work with are very skilled yeah, And I think we have, like, had the luxury or the, uh, to develop, yeah, we have been around for 10 years, and I think we have developed slowly at, as business and, and footwear mm. industrial people as well. So, so uh, and then, of course, after a few years, we, we hired our first real designer, so to say, and then, and then it was, like, easier yeah. to scale up and, and also, like, one uh, production manager and so on. Uh, but I think in the early beginning, it was uh, done in, like, PowerPoints and so on. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. usually how it goes. Usually, if you don't have any experience, the man, if you find the right manufacturing partner, they become sort of like your teacher into the entire process. And then everything yeah. else is just learned through mistakes, which happen to be very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. And what, what about yeah, your different. wife? What is what is her background?
1: No, she's also had, she's working with like in, in media yeah. and, and social media today. So, so that's also completely different. Yeah, completely uh, different. Yeah, yeah, nothing with apparel or footwear or something. So yeah, it was interesting. It was, uh, a steep learning phase and and I think we are we are lucky that we survived the first years
0: yeah wow how long yeah. did it take you to launch your first prototype do you remember like yeah, the first actually, prototype we, that you were happy with
1: yeah and actually quite a fun story because we had we had like we first approached like three different factories yeah then we got one sample like we got samples from all three of them uh, but it was one factory that understood our like design philosophy better than the rest so we went with this flat, only one color, uh, to the department store in, in Sweden, the biggest one in Stockholm. And then we're actually really, really like, oh, you have to find this, like, uh, own in the market. Uh, this is perfect for for the holidays. Uh, so they actually placed an order of 1,600 pairs, like the first <laughs> order up front. Wow. And then we haven't really decided which factory to go with yet. So that was like... A real that's nerve wracking, I, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then it was like it, it. Everything went so fast. It was like two two weeks before and the fact that we were about to ship. It was like uh, shoe boxes. How should they look? it Was like oh, shoe boxes. Yeah, we shoe needed boxes. shoe boxes. So, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's so
0: so was, it. Was yeah.
1: Uh, that's so uh, typical.
0: That's so typical yeah. of 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 starting it with no experience. Yeah, yeah. It's so sure. funny. Interesting. I'm guessing where where, where are most coming from? Portugal, if it was was based in Europe?
1: Yeah, we we started in Portugal, uh, actually then moved to Spain Mm -hmm. uh, for footwear. Now we have actually uh, diversified. We have both Portugal and Spain uh, quite equally. Uh, And then the bags and the accessories are made in Italy.
0: Interesting. And I'm guessing early stage funding was all, you were saving money from your job and reinvesting it into the company, or was there Was there in that because it was i I don't know i don't know how the investment scene was back then but i'm guessing it was most of businesses were just completely bootstrapped
1: yeah we were bootstrapped i think actually the first order uh was more or less the the, like the first funding that that we had that we were very lucky to get that order and also to get those volumes for the factories Mm -hmm. Uh, so no we were bootstrapped until 2018. yeah when we and was was cash
0: flow ever a, b- a big problem starting off, or the prototype and the the idea hit a nerve very quickly, and it was everything just grew very quickly.
1: No, I think cash flow is always always a problem. Yeah. Uh, when when you work with with, with stock and inventory uh, and fashion, so so that has been been better. But then, of course, especially I think uh, financial institutes like like uh, conventional b- banks and so on has been more in favor of whole, the wholesale. Mm. concept than e-commerce because you have this predictability orders. yeah exactly that you can yeah. actually use these orders like for six months in advance to lend money and then also you could use the invoice that you send to do factoring and so on so there is a mm. bit of a more possibilities now in i guess in the like previous year they had come a lot of like different possibilities i think always europe is a bit after us but but for e-commerce as well that where you could like and forecast and so on you could actually land money on your future sales as well but in history it's easier to work with wholesale and and financing from banks Interestingly, okay. and
0: when you look at the early stage and i'm gonna call it success because it is kind of like the first the first milestone of success when you start something is is it actually selling at a rate where i my production can't catch up for you, getting from you know the idea to getting to that stage, was it all? What was? What was? Because I'm guessing there was no strategy. But back then, what were you guys doing? Were we just advertising the product? Did you just push it on social media and it got organic momentum? What What got the 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 business rolling from a sales and marketing perspective?
1: Yeah, uh, for us, I think inf- like back then, influences was quite uh, powerful. That yeah. was like the and the easiest way for us as well to just like seed products and then hope for getting mm-hmm. like them to use it and like it of course yeah so I think that that how, how uh, that was how we started then I think quite early we started also with advertisement on on meta Facebook and then and, 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 and then Instagram when that was launched so interesting I guess that's how, how it started interesting
0: it's it's really it's funny to see how the dynamic has completely changed right
1: in the mm-hmm. last
0: what's well, been 10 years terms of uh, marketing and sales, how I'm guessing the principles are similar because influencer marketing still kind of still works quote unquote Facebook advertising still, still quote unquote works, but the degree to which it works and the barrier of actually making it work to versus what it used to be is probably uh, completely, completely different.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think especially also influencer marketing, but I think especially meta that was like back then it was so cheap to do it. So, so it was so easy. You didn't like... You could yeah, you really were printing like start, money. You were yeah, printing orders print, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And you could start with like almost like, yeah, like a few few dollars per day and mm-hmm. just see like, okay, then I add one order. Okay, then I can increase it to four, $4 tomorrow. And then you could just grow from there. Yeah uh so, and, and also you could actually do quite shitty ads so say like yeah uh, yeah now yeah. i remember i remember you could literally post like a like a, a hot
0: girl on the bikini and facebook allowed <laughs> it and you know yeah. it was everything it was more <laughs> like the wild west but every yeah. people that got into it early got made a lot of a lot a lot of profit
1: yeah definitely definitely and i think if we would have like invested back then it would be more serious Back like then, I think we still we, we were still in like trial and error process. But if sure. it would be like more, like how to say, knowledgeable and experienced, yeah. yeah, exactly. Then we could like grow much faster back then. Double I down think. on that.
0: Yeah. yeah. but I mean, I don't know. If anything, if we've learned anything about D2C brands in the last ten years, is that fast growth is not really
1: it's not no, really right, the it's way right. to go no exactly it's not equal to access, success yeah. definitely. yeah I think it's very tricky also to see this very big like world park Evelyn, and how this is still struggling with profitability and, and and so on it's
0: it's fascinating it's, because it, yeah. it, and
1: what's your perspective on
0: that as a business owner by the way because on, on one end you have the uh the reassurance of your success so far but on the other mm-hmm. end you see bigger players that are not succeeding and that must affect your ability to I don't know be feel confident about everything that's going on. So yeah, how, yeah, do you, but... how do you view that problem, or how do you view that? Because I'm 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 guessing you think about things like that quite often.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. And I think also it also. I think that like this story, like cut the middleman, be like very like uh, customer focused in terms of pricing. Mm-hmm. It it is quite difficult I, I think you can't really like on paper it looks quite fine to have all this like more of 60 percent and so on but it when it alls like adds up you want to like grow you want to have international growth you want to like add on partners you need to other like services just to cope with it. Hmm. it it's difficult to get the calculation to to uh, the numbers to work so i yeah. i guess that's why we're also trying to i think what was good for us was that we we launched our site at more or less the same time that we also sold to wholesalers so we were never like pure player D2C mm. and working with wholesalers that required some sort of certain like level of margin
0: yeah more so we, more infrastructure from a production perspective for everything yeah and
1: out. also like to to be able to to uh, offer the wholesale the margin they were asking for we were required also to of course make money there so we d- never pushed our prices down to like the real have so it's d to see the levels of like sixty gross level, yeah. level sixty five. So we have we have always had margins higher than that, which I think is also really much needed. That's what also you see in like Evelyn and so on, they're trying to push up from the, the like where they were from the beginning, I think sixty percent in gross margin up to the, about seventy, because that is needed to make yeah, crosses, yeah, I guess. Yeah, well it's it's
0: it's it's interesting because I mean there's and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to profitability, there's essentially three things that you need to look for. It, well, two things is well, three things Yes, how much does it cost? How much do I sell it for? And that's how much does it cost me to sell it? Yeah. So, how, what are the marketing costs? And mm. what happened early 2015, 2014 was marketing costs were almost inexistent because platforms mm. were new. There were there was no competition, and it gave founders, entrepreneurs a sense, a false sense of security that the higher the high profit margins that were responsible for low competition from a marketing perspective were going to last forever so they built massive businesses around this these foundations and 10 years later when everybody started using advertising the landscape got more competitive and every the cost started rising they noticed that they didn't have business models that actually worked and now the and now the consumers used to low prices
1: mm. yeah exactly it's this is hard as well it's not just to increase overnight but but then also i, I feel like i don't know if, if you're doing a great product it's not. Or at least from from my my own perspective, you could actually—it's not that hard if you have great products to, mm. to increase the prices slightly. Then of course it's maybe difficult to like jump up to a different price range, to, so you right, become a course. completely different brand. But increasing the prices twenty percent is maybe not that hard. It's like could be easier, than you could actually think. I, I got that that's my experience.
0: Interesting, is, and mm-hmm. over the last ten years, the. Probably the ups and downs, the different things that you've seen. What do you think has been the most important skill that you've had over consistently over that period of time, or that you've had to develop?
1: I th- I think coming from like the investment banking has has given me a lot, like be able to talk the talk when you also talk with other investors and, and banks and so on, and and f- giving them the the uh, how to say uh given them the trust trust in, how does it, oh sorry i lost the word the trust is what i'm trying to what is it yeah 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 given so that the they did so
0: they you 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 know the
1: language you know how they yeah, yeah i can talk the talk yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. And, and know how, what they think and what they're looking for i think that that ha- helps us a lot then I, i'm as a person i'm like equally into the creatives as as the the, the financials uh, I, I guess i also really love the business side of it which has helped a lot uh, i have never i've been involved in the design process but i have never been like designing myself mm. uh so quite early on we brought up like uh i'm like professional designer and that i, I guess also have, have helped a lot uh then i get we also come like still like 70 percent of our revenue comes from com on hour uh, our own. uh it's like two-thirds I would yeah. say plus on our own e-com site and I think also like it's for me it's quite satisfying with e-com it's like you get the the feedback so direct uh it's you could really see like no we have like doing a great job in terms of products uh, campaigns and so on and and that I guess it's is also taps into the interest of numbers hmm. uh, and then in trying to be, I, I think also, I, I for me also coming from outside the industry, I, th- I think it has been very helpful to dare to try something new, to not be like um, see these invisible barriers that like or unwritten rules that you can't do that or you can't do that. I think it's important to, to dare to be innovative and, and, and try new things. And mm. I guess the benefits of ignorance. Know. Exactly. And I think people are actually forgetting the things that you didn't do that well faster than you think. Mm, interesting. I think that's something that you need to carry. Because also, as I think, that all coming back to Facebook advertisement and that. I think it's like when we started off with that, it was like people are okay, so you want to be that brand doing that. And was like, no, I think everyone will do this in the future just to be there. And it's like money on the table because it's so easy.
0: Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of brands that that have maybe like, uh, uh, has been around for a longer time and hasn't been like founded during these times were more yeah, they were, like, f- no, we they were not, founded yeah. during winter. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And they were like, no, the Facebook ads is not for us. We're not that type of brand and so on.
0: Yeah. Interesting. and how would you describe your evolution as an entrepreneur from a skill set perspective back then you were just an investment banker with a big with, a, with an ambition with an idea and you learned throughout the process and that has evolved to what you are now but how would you describe yourself now more of a leader a manager or still the same person at the same position just 10 years later
1: a <laughs> uh, good question i think i hope it's a mix of, of everything uh, that i've also evolved as a leader and manager. And I hope I I think, as man, I have like tried as much as possible to, to not be in, involved in all the details. It's, of course also of of interest, and I think it's very like this is my passion as well uh, to do what I'm doing, but but I think actually found people that is better than I am in certain things, and i'm I'm quite happy that I have succeeded with that as well. and then then it's not that hard to actually. Leave it. Leave it, and, and uh, like take a step back. Of course. Did you struggle uh, with that
0: transition of having to rely on people that were better at you at a lot of different things? Because it's
1: a very common problem. I don't think I have problem with because I'm I'm actually quite I'm, I'm have that sort of like self distance that I'm aware that they are better than, than me on on those things. So I have no problem in in leaving those and taking step. But I think the problem is that. I need also to to uh not deep dive too often into certain things that you still believe that you have the full like knowledge and so on it, i think that is like to, to trust the process yeah uh, yeah to because... be able to to hold back when you like oh i just want to deep dive and just do this like you sit in there like thursday evening 10 o'clock in the evening and like oh i mm. just want to solve this but uh, maybe it's not my my task to solve so I'll say uh, yeah and then you like to take a step back and just trust the process that interesting the one responsible will will do it and otherwise i guess it's uh, it's quite bad leadership if if i will jump in and, and do all these small things and i think that is where i have to work most with myself too mm. And what do you think at what point
0: do you think this transition is the most important of okay, me, I'm the founder, so I'm responsible f- for everything to now, me, I'm the founder, so I'm responsible to it for attracting the best people for this as possible. So when you're scaling, when you're when the brand's growing, when you already have, you know, the good infrastructure, good foundations, and good margins, when do you think is the most productive point in time people should start contemplating on that mindset shift or skill set,
1: skill set shift? i think it's upscaling otherwise it's very hard to scale up uh because you you it's impossible to do all things and do all things well so, so i think definitely the scale up in 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 the first years you are so tight on cash so it's very hard to attract good people if you don't do not have like your own money to invest in it or investors um from the first days so, so then it's you do do not really have a choice but then as soon as you see like the cash flow is starting to be there then i think it's important to, to start to to take on new more experienced people and and also the people that you could grow with as well so you are like investing for the future mm. uh, and also dare as as you said also dare to take on good stuff so you can leave or also be able to leave the things that you believe that you are best in as well me yes i actually it's quite interesting i read this book that i said it's, it's usually the area where or the founder is usually the area where the founder has most experiences that will like lack of uh, that will like face the biggest problems when you scale mm. because founders tend to believe that they could do everything themselves and for me like the, like the financial part i would just like like my my chairman and other investors like i think it's time now to bring on the cfo and i was like no i do not think i need a cfo i i I'm quite good at numbers. I do not know. Uh, need a CFO, but yeah, I'm a banker. I know. I know. I'm I know. P ban- and uh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, but that was also completely wrong. Because now when we have both of uh, CFO, it's so much better. All the processes is getting done in time, and everything is runs so much much smoother. And it's, I think, it's so true that you need to also dare to leave the part that where you feel that like you are like investing as well. All, 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 yeah, very interesting. So it's almost like.
0: Understanding your own strengths give you a a false sense of confidence when it comes to scale, because scale will put your put your a different set of skill sets to the test, which are not necessarily not necessarily the ones that you're already good at. Mm. Interesting. And if you had to start all over in today's current environment with today's Mm -hmm. current challenges, how will you approach it different? What do you think are the most important things to contemplate?
1: good question I think it depends on how you want to build the, the the brand I think I guess if you want to have it bootstrap from the beginning and, and work your way up uh, if that would be the case I think actually you you need to be able to tap into the trends today um maybe it's tiktok maybe something else that needs to be like you be need to be aligned with that you need to be able to catch that extra value to be able mm. to grow if you want to do it without like bootstrap yeah uh if you want to do it with investors it, it's uh, a good, good question i think it, it, it's so much happening right now and like two years ago everything was like uh, direct to consumer like that's the way like you see all the big brands also took like mm-hmm. started to reduce number of wholesale partners and so on And then like just one or two years later it's like yeah. back again to the the old playbook yeah that's that's why yeah. I asked
0: those questions because it's it was it was a wave of call in a lot of senses yeah. and, and I think we were very I think I mean at least this is my perspective I think that we've been very lucky to see this unfold because mm-hmm. this is the reality of just cycles from mm. business perspective mm. and... and then i think
1: i think it's so important then to have yeah like your toes dipped and like in, in different of course yeah of course, to be because... diversified from the beginning as well because now now there's a lot of like oh we should do a wholesale a wholesale is the new uh black and so on and 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 it's not that easy to just start with wholesale if you are direct to consumer. No, definitely. It's not, not like you call like 10, 10 key accounts and say, okay, we are ready to ship. Yeah, my the, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's quite of a process also to just to get the supply chain in order, to get the salesman that could do it. Like, it's, yeah. It, yeah, to build the relationships or, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, of course. Yeah, time. yeah.
0: And yeah, I mean, I think people got used to it. It was summer for so long, summer in terms of, you know, summer yeah, yeah. in the industry for so long. <laughs> that people forgot that winter existed and how it mm-hmm. felt like mm. and we went from summer to winter in in a it was like nothing it was a matter of yeah. months and everything just completely shifted and i think from a, as a from a learning perspective if you're a business that's not at that scale that can actually learn from experiences like that it's going to prepare you to build better brands and better businesses long term mm. because if, if any if that if, if it is taught as anything is that we don't really know anything at all. You know, we might think we do, but most of the time success in hindsight was just a matter of variables that we almost had no control over. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just a matter of understanding them so that we could hopefully replicate something like that in the future. Mm -hmm. And and, and I like how you said that probably the the most important thing right now is to understand how you can leverage trends, because everything is so competitive that if you don't have a big Source of momentum in your favor that will not happen if you're not in some trend where people are where people are just not tapping into. It's going to be very difficult to sort of get the cash that you need to start something.
1: Mm, Definitely, and for us, it was Facebook. Now we are much more diversified. We're working with wholesalers. We're looking into open our own stores and so on. So we have like reached the second step, of course. But of course, I think back then it was without that we couldn't reach this level. Yeah. then of course it's a new reality each year and then you need to adopt that and then you since the company's growing so fast it's like a new type of company as well which uh, yeah yes yeah, it's just
0: like like you said that it was the company had to be born again because it was born yeah. under the principles of a direct-to-consumer brand and it has evolved under the principles of a more traditional brand yeah interesting definitely and was that mindset shift difficult? Like, are you a type of person that tends to learn from failure and needs to get burned before you actually realize those types of things? Or have you learned throughout various years of burning yourself that it's not the best way to go about it?
1: <laughs> I think I've learned a bit now after 10 years that, that you, you need to <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hopefully, That's hopefully I've it. learned. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm 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 optimistic, I'm an optimistic person for sure, but but I also have like you know that i don't take anything like before you actually see the results nothing is like given it's, and it, it, that you learn for sure that it's like before you actually see the money on the account nothing have really like happened and so on so so yeah. uh yeah I, I guess i guess now I'm, I'm a bit more moderate or how do you say a bit more com- conservative and and, mm-hmm. and and so maybe not jump on the latest like in terms of Friends and I'm usually I was usually the one like so if some like new like type of application and so on, I was usually one like, oh, it's a pilot, we can get it for very cheap, just if what well, it's, it's this application uh looks so cool or it kind of an XYZ, the blah blah blah, everything is so good. But you also learn that it could be quite expensive as well. So more focused on the your niche and just like what is like, yeah, you're you're smaller. equally as
0: positive but more risk averse, which is yeah, also actually, a natural transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And what's your your current decision making process like when it comes to capital allocation? Because now there's so many stuff going on. As you said, it's so important to diversify that how do you even know what you should be doing today, tomorrow, next month, next quarter?
1: I think for, for us, it's just like, yeah, it's a good question. I think. As you said, n- nowadays it really comes down to brand uh, mm-hmm. and I think that also the ones that will survive that have a strong brand. Uh, but as you say it's it's very hard should we invest more in brand during these times or, or... like uh, for, for us, I think we had such a good years during the pandemic uh because we are uh, have have a high share of uh, e-com sales uh but i think then 2022 came which was so much more difficult especially in europe we have all like the energy prices and so on i guess which uh yeah so it may be even worse than than us uh so that was a quite hard year with the war and so on uh now 2023 i think for us the focus is getting back to black numbers and, and get the profitability in in shape mm-hmm. again so so that is really much like it's like the the north star of our decisions uh yeah. this year then i think next year hopefully will be more like okay we can prove that we are profitable again and then we can start growing step, again. start yeah, taking at, a lot ex, more risks ex, ex,
0: and exactly interesting and by
1: the way i don't know if that was answering our question it's, it's yeah, very, yeah yeah, yeah. Very no yeah 100
0: because yeah. that that is the, the the big question right is you need to start thinking about brands long term and the most the best thing you can work on and i think any consumer business is not only fashion is your brand but brand is a very long term investment you're not going to build brand it's like building a human reputation Uh you're not going to build trust with others in two months it takes a career to build a a Uh certain degree of reputation and with branding it's the same thing and it's very high on investment it's very high on the return long term mm. but it's very tight on cash flow cuz it requires mm. a lot of investment mm. so founders are in this position so i know i need to make the right decision long term but to make the right decision long term i need the cash flow and i don't have the cash flow <laughs>
1: no, right yeah.
0: and there's no investors putting pumping money into the industry right so uh it's it's difficult it's difficult so what's yeah. your what's your what's your mindset on on how to balance those two
1: things I think we cannot leave it either we still need to to invest in brand of course and we have done this this, this year and think otherwise you will like self die in a way you will just like be cutting cost and then revenue will fall and then you cut more cost and then you will like be down to your bone mm. and then you have nothing more to cut on so I, I guess you also need to invest for the future of course and, and the brand because that's as as i said after all that's that's the most valuable thing you have so we are trying of course to balance it uh moving maybe also money from performance into branding uh also trying for us it's important now to take the step out of the digital landscape to show that we are something bigger mm-hmm. Um yeah. so that is like more offline maybe uh but yeah it's it's a act of balance it's it's just it's a thin line and 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 uh it's it's uh it's it's tough I think but it's also funny I think we have I think it's good for us that we have been bootstrapped for such a long time we haven't taken you have on the discipline much of, yeah we have the discipline yeah uh we haven't been that uh fat and happy either with investors money we we have had some yeah uh, you know what being hungry feels like exactly we've yeah. been hungry for quite a while <laughs> uh, so I think uh, so it's uh, we uh I think we are quite well Equipped for for these times as well. so Of course, uh, yeah, and yeah.
0: You, they have your your investment banking expertise. So management of the process is going to be very, yeah. it's going to be very efficient if if it needs to be. Um, wow. And what about small brands? What about again? What have you had to start all over again under this dilemma? How would you approach it? Yeah, it's, what it's, would yeah, be your theory? It's also again? hard
1: because also you come into this brand, and then then I I guess nowadays if you would like start a new brand, it, it's it's. I think you really need to be purpose driven and, and tap into a trend to get leverage on that because it also I think it's easy to just say we want to be a premium brand and so on. But premium is also so expensive to build. Of course. Yeah, the the, uh, the, the, the upfront yeah, capital needed for that. Is yeah huge. Exactly. And everything you need to do is needs to be like aligned with your premium premium expectations. So, yeah, so more
0: branding, more which is money, 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 money. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So so
1: I guess that's something that taps into some kind of of trend that is like create some sort of feeling and community but not necessary or equals to like premium in, in in terms of pricing and and, and so on right I yeah so how have... you need to have something accessible and and, and also that is a bit for giving in terms of yeah branding package yeah
0: yeah, so try to find something that creates a high level of emotional investment from your consumer perspective that is not premium that requires maybe interesting. And well, well, yeah. when, but, when but, then, to...
1: but I think I think the low in, in like the end game could be premium, but I need to, I guess you need to take those steps and, and as you have to build like, the foundations. Yeah, exactly. You have to build the foundation. You have to build cash flow, but uh, you can of course like align your price, and that's what we have done also throughout the years. Like. As the brand value grows, you can also like start to like increase those prices and margins and also input like materials and so on and 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 but I think it's very hard to just start from scratch and build yeah. something that feels really premium. yeah, yeah. one of the things that I've on. seen
0: is uh and this might be interesting from from your maybe you've all you guys have also noticed this is that ironically, people now want to take everything offline. Mm. And offline takes to tends to build bigger value, bigger brand, bigger value perception, which will therefore increase the prices that you can charge. And being offline might be a little bit more difficult than being online, but it might just be the one thing that brands need to sort of like start differentiating themselves is what can I do that's not online that will be valuable to my consumer base? Uh-huh. Maybe by being more focused on local uh-huh. communities first, uh-huh. you know.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, some brands are really doing it that really well I think uh so I I guess like there was' a jacket brand in in UK there Cortez like yeah you see those mm. brands that build these hypes so good yeah uh definitely and and as you said taking it off offline uh so I think that yes yeah, that's that's a way as well and that maybe may that's that's like if you want to do go that lane then offline is right now the best way to to do it as well although I'm I'm like a very like the owner business as well but but yeah interesting thoughts interesting Uh, and
0: what about your own learning process who do you look up to how do you learn how do you continuously move forward do you learn does the business teach you through failure does the people in your business teach you through their experience or do you have a process that sort of like works for you
1: I think it's a mix learn uh between of course we have the ones that we're looking up to that are doing it quite very well uh international brands and also scandinavian brands that have done a good journey uh so that of course we are looking uh looking into how they are doing things uh but also i think we are in nature quite much like trial and error mm-hmm. type of 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 brand that uh then of course we are, we are not that far out in terms of like design and so on we are like this Scandinavian you you know what yep. you're buying like type of like mm-hmm. it's it's like
0: Tiger uh, Sweden ish positioning no
1: yeah exactly you have Tiger is a bit to is is on the rise as well and then doing it very well then you have the very well yeah
0: ArcTeryx yeah. incredible yeah ArcTeryx exactly. back to our conversation before ArcTeryx does very well in Japan for example
1: yeah, that game, imagine This outdoor type of you know, trends is doing really well. And mm-hmm. I think for us, we are going quite well in in US right now. It's actually uh, like next to Sweden, the biggest market for us. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think also there, I think coming back, yeah, Totem is, is a Swedish brand doing it really well. We have some Danish brands, Gany as well, doing it really well. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, there are a couple of, of brands. And of course, Acne is also the 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 Absolutely. holy grail of yeah exactly of, of, <laughs> of the Scandinavian a Scandinavian mission
0: right, yeah. yeah what a great brand that is
1: yeah
0: awesome and uh what do you think what do you, what do you think you guys have done right in the U S that's been working so far
1: I think the trend the trend or or the the visuals is is working quite well in the U S at the moment the uh, what part of the vision the the
0: the fact that it's Scandinavian the the pricing
1: the designs. Yeah, I think that the designs is quite appealing. From my mm. understanding, Uh it seems to be quite appealing, uh, at least. Uh Also, I think as as you mentioned, the price point is is quite quite uh, appealing as well. We are like, as you said, like premium but not that expensive. We're quite affordable. Uh, I think that appeals to the customers as well, especially during these times. Uh... I think we have quite good experience. Like from, a, I think also I think coming back to this like performance marketing, and so I think also what have happened now, when we have like when the winter has come, uh, it's like the pricing on since it's like all au- auction on this uh, performance marketing, and, and uh, mm-hmm. I think also the pricing in US has come down as well. It has been so expensive to do advertisement in US. It's crazy. I think, yeah, I think, but I think those prices have started to come up like the last couple, not now, it has been like that for, a, for a, one or two years now. But I think that also opens up the opportunity to actually enter the market. Interesting. As and brand. was there a strategy
0: or was it more of a let's test different markets out and let's see which market naturally sort of like gravitates towards what we're doing?
1: And I think also again, a bit of, of course, US is the Holy Grail. Uh, of course. Like in, in West, is like the 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 market where you want to be successful the most uh so it has always been there we have been like back and forth have like for a few years ago we had didn't really it really didn't really take off Mm -hmm. Uh, but we were still like top five or something like that but i think but it has been in the last couple of years In that, i think it's so it's like a bit of both both like it just happened yeah. Uh, and and also that we have been ready, but it hadn't really take taken off of until now. Interesting. And what was the overall?
0: What do you, what do you attract? And I, I know you said people resonate with a lot of things, but from a marketing and sales perspective, was there a specific channel that worked for you guys more than anything? Was it influencer marketing? Was it TikTok? Was it just social media marketing, or was it just word of mouth mixture of everything?
1: I think we have we have, have we have succeeded to get quite good uh retailers in the US from the start as well mm. not not the maybe not Nordstrom and the biggest one we had moved up Randy from uh from yep. uh, that we has been working with for quite a long time now I think those retailers also help to put the brand in in like context mm and helps to build a brand and then i think it's like it's combination again i think it's very it's hard to point out this like that is the silver bullet that helped us yes. this market. i think it's it's a combination of uh, paid marketing our own social influencers uh and 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 uh, in combination with the wholesalers that we that we have been working with that have helped build the trust in the market yeah and then I think we have quite we have quite good experience Uh, like from a customer perspective quite good customer experience uh, on the US site although we ship from Scandinavia we have like DHL FedEx I think from a US customer I think sometimes and the returns are also local Mm. so I think quite many customers don't even realize that they're buying from from Sweden yeah interesting I think that also helps. Interesting.
0: And what about what's your overall process on capital allocation right now, or knowing how much to invest in which channels in which markets? Because as you said, it's very important to be growth focused right now, but at the same time, be very risk averse and conservative. Mm. So how I much? Think, h- how do you delegate? I... What stays in the market? What stays in this channel? What what can we test out in that market? How much, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Uh, I think that the, the still the majority uh, of our uh, going into digital and, and online marketing, uh, we are moving um, also that you mentioned more into offline, but still this that also needs to be like, it's hard to do it, like doing or risky for us to do it like that change too quickly. So we are slowly moving mm-hmm. from online into offline of uh, to do more of that, but and I think we also have succeeded I think that also uh, because of the the prices I think we have actually succeeded to cut marketing expenses with almost like 30 40 percent the last mm-hmm. year with wow. keeping the the level yeah. of sales that we that we have had and that have helped the like the profitability enormously of course mm-hmm. uh so I think it's still still online marketing is, is the main investment for us but but moving slowly more into other channels and, and, and offline and, and trying new things. Uh, which I think also is maybe uh, I think the customer these days uh, expect that from us. I mm. think the customers also expect them to to have a more like omni thinking in terms of branding and marketing. But yep. uh, again, it's 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 difficult time to to actually. You want to cut costs. You want to be uh, focused on profitability, and at the same time, grow. So it's 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 a, it's a balance there, of course. <laughs> yeah. Then it's also the like difficult to try new things you want to be innovative but you also like you, you also be, want to be sure that that investment is actually giving of course yeah yeah even good returns as well otherwise <laughs> it's it's tricky so yeah crazy. it's uh it's crazy I would say it's I don't yeah. it's very I think it's a uh, maybe an unclear answer here but it's yeah, uh, it's a no deal. no I think, I think I, here it's like uh, listen, I find it funny one, it's, it's I think just, one day you're also like, which mood you're like, did you have a good sales day yesterday? Then you're like, okay. Let's, let's make, do this. Let's let's, let's make this decision. This. We and then exactly, next week it's like, we need this, this, yeah, exactly. and then, oh, yeah. shit, we yeah, need yeah. to downsize this event or yeah, yeah. this um, activity or event.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I it's, just, it's just I just laugh it off because I've, I've been yeah. doing this podcast for, for since 2019 and the, the the nature of the conversations that i was having yeah. back then to what i'm yeah. having now has completely changed uh, and i mean it, it's just it it is the nature of the industry and it's just uh, it's just how it is right now
1: and uh, but but i think at fs also i heard some other podcasts yeah i think it's also content like you need to do a little bit of everything i guess just yeah. also be there to be fast when when like the wind attention and like okay this works okay let's do more of this or this works so you are open to to the opportunities as well. Yeah, and be, yeah, it's and, a... and could be able to act on the opportunities.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. I think I think it's more of a. I think and entrepreneurs need to be a lot more aware of when to make the decisions. Before mm-hmm. the when didn't really matter that much because everything was either going well or going wrong. Mm-hmm. But now understanding, okay, if I'm starting out, maybe it's more important to be very focused on a market, on a channel, on doing this, on doing this very well. But then it's also very important for me to very quickly realize when it's time to start diversifying into this channel or this channel or this trend or this this product or this market. So I think as a founder, the responsibility of understanding timing has become more and more important when before it was just a matter of focusing on what you did and doing it a lot more and doing it a lot better
1: yeah i totally agree I, I, someone else also said that which was a discussion like i don't remember who it was but it was like a discussion of like someone and i like, go oh, it feels like you're like so like a uh, real hustler when it comes to pricing and really good at pushing prices and so on and he was like what it felt so true is like we have come to this stage and the price of the activities is actually not uh, anymore the most important thing. It's, it's like that we're doing the right things and when we're doing the things that's more yeah. important than the, what we're actually paying for mm. the when's that we are doing. And, and, and I think also coming down is like the, the timing now is, is is more important than ever. And when that you know when when to do things and and when to not do things.
0: Interesting. And what do you think is next? What are your? Do you have much time to think about the future of the industry? or
1: nothing for uh, yeah of course i think it's it's always a discussion what's what's the next thing uh and, and i think that is is uh because always... what is that conversation
0: like with yourself you know
1: when, when that takes up and takes yeah, place well, or, when,
0: when you're because i'm guessing you, as, as a founder you're responsible for that the answer to that yeah, question think, constantly yeah. right so yeah. what what do you what do you talk about? Well, who do you? How, what are these conversations look like with your own, with yourself, with your wife?
1: Yeah, I think I'm thinking a lot about myself as well, and then also my colleagues and my wife at, at home, of course, we, uh, are discussing these questions and what is the next. thing. She's actually working at H&M, mm. so she also has some marketing insight in like what is happening, like mm-hmm. what is happening there, and what do they, the bets that they are doing. Uh, so we have quite good discussions at home as well. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a bit of a bit both, and then of course you have, you are you think a lot when you go to sleep, when you like commute uh, commute back and forth to to work, to the mm. office. Uh, before, but uh, again, I'm I'm optimistic. We have, actually have a quite good year. Uh, we see definitely in some markets in the US, for example, a good growth, and I think there's a lot of things we can do there. I think also for us taking the next step to actually have our own store, offline stores. Mm it's like still like 70% of the footwear is sold offline. Yeah. So I think that would be a natural step. We have been a bit afraid of, of uh, doing stores uh, because of the capex and the commitment. And, of course, it's uh, a big yeah. decision. Yeah, exactly. And also like, should we open it in Stockholm where we have most of the, like, the highest concentration of our mm. customer or should we do it in maybe in, in London or New York where we have see a lot of like, engagement and maybe a lower conversion rate because the brand is not that well known mm-hmm. also um, I don't have the answer around yet but I think that would also that is like in the future for us and I think that would be one good step for us uh, that we have left to do but then of course we are growing as, as I mentioned here before we started to record that we have opened the team mall in China one and a half year ago has been grown quite well for us china is also one of the biggest market and it feels like both having china and us like it's so much things we can do like it's it's such a big market and it's like there's so much left to do uh do there in terms of uh, marketing and branding and and also distribution and so on and, and so I,
0: it's frustrating right the uh the excitement for the vision versus the the limits of the of reality the limitations of reality
1: yeah yeah it is it is if of course but it's still it's like so many like opportunities if still I still feel optimistic it's so much things that still needs to be done and as long as we like as long as we grow and as long as we now succeed to which um yeah it seems like we we will be profitable this year as long as we can get those things in place then then I guess it's just to continue to repeat the process yeah repeat the process then take step by step interesting
0: and what do you what do you think about the most like when you were saying I'm thinking about things all the time what is the one most recurring common thought in Gustav's mind
1: i think right now is the how to uh, balance what we have been talking to and, and still stand out and be interesting to the customer and mm. still have doing things that engage with the customer things that actually people will remember and and will create some sort of feeling or discussion and so on and be able to do this type of of uh, events that could be some sort of talk of town talk of community something that is yeah mm. create something in the mind of the consumer mm. and still be able to to ride through the storm i think that's that's the interesting and
0: yeah. in uh and during winter how much resources and this is going to be very a very general sort of like response of course because it's so relative to a lot of different things but so people listeners at home could understand how you balance, you know, maintaining, being being a responsible business owner and focusing on what is already worth versus testing things out and finding what's going to work better in the future. What percentage of resources would you say should be allocated during winter? Or or do you personally distribute during winter? Is it more closer to 90-10%? 90% of what's already working and 10% to test things out and find things that are going to take the brand forward? Is it more of an 80 20 what's sort our of like I think, I think
1: I think in terms of budget I would say it's 90 maybe 9 to 10 80 to 20 I think that is sounds uh reasonable for us mm. but then in terms of mental budget and, and yeah. I think it's, yeah, then it's the opposite so of course yeah it's a it's paradox. Uh, but... it's,
0: it's so it's so interesting how it works <laughs> yeah,
1: right? yeah. Uh, so I think uh, yeah <clears throat> in terms of hours thinking and 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 and, and brain capacity i think it's the opposite and stress okay. yeah and stress as well yeah, yeah definitely yeah. definitely wow but so far with it seems like um yeah we are in a good role and i think it's, it's also healthy to be through this process uh to not always just like be able to fire shots and everything just lands mm. well i think it's very important to have this of sort of feeling at you know, times and also be able to really focus. I was like, a few years ago, I was like, oh, we should be this brand. Like we have have such a good foundation. I think next next step will be ready to wear apparel. And, and, and that now when we are like in this climate and and, and winter, uh, I think it's, I have like changed there and be like, no, we should just focus on like footwear and the leather goods, the heritage, the craftsmanship. mm mm-hmm. The design and then be very niche very clear for the customer to understand the brand and what we are good at and and what they are buying from us Uh, i think that has been a quite of a shift us during these times too of course
0: yeah it's uh if if it's winter and you're a farmer and you've always farmed potatoes and you're a great potato farmer and then potatoes survive well during winter just farm more potatoes during winter and when it's summer you can start testing other things out
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. So so that coming down that to your question there, in terms of product categories, then then we are quite conservative now. Um mm-hmm. but then in terms of marketing and how to do things and, and designs and so on, then then it's maybe diff- more needs to be more innovative. Of but I think of for us as a brand, we have so much more to do as as a footwear and leather goods brand. So so I think we would stay in this category for quite a while. Amazing. Amazing, Gustav.
0: Awesome. And last question that I probably want to ask to wrap up this conversation is if you, now that you understand the complexities, everything, how the process looks like, what piece of advice would you give a younger Gustav? Maybe before starting a company, maybe before even being an investment banker, what do you think is the most (laughs) important lesson that you've learned so far?
1: i think well like if if i were to talk to Gusta, that even before he was an investment banker i would say that uh, you don't need to have such a rush things will play out as it like things will play out as you deserve more or less like like you, you see now i've been like working for quite a while now compared to when i was like taking my exam like like things have played out quite much in line with what people like the, the the people that actually want to build something or do something funny or something like that they have actually played out quite well for them although the the, the journey was not that clear from the beginning so to say. say mm. uh, if that makes sense it feels yep. it's, 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 like things like falling into place after after a few years and, and you understand also you keep becoming more mature and like what you want to do and, and what i'm good at and what i'm not good at and you're actually fine with that mm. uh, in terms of gusta before he started his own company i think then 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 it will be like uh, that most thing that goes wrong will not actually be the end of the world mm. uh and be more calm about that you're so stressed in, in the beginning and, and you don't really have perspective on things hmm. do you so think that's just, a
0: skill yeah. that you develop over time while we're going through those experiences
1: yeah definitely definitely then of course we're bigger now we're more diverse in terms of markets products and so on it's not the whole world if one product didn't turn out that well compared to when we just have the indoor sleeper yeah uh, but also i think definitely it's it's uh, something that that. That builds on experience that you you know that you come out on your feet most of the times. So it's it's not the whole world that it's went wrong. It's just take like trying to fix it and and then in a couple of weeks time you will more or less have food on that. So amazing.
0: Awesome, Gustav. Great conversation. I'm sure feel, feel okay. I'm sure people are very motivated.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I hope I haven't scared. No, it's it's a, but like the funniest thing I've ever done to start this company as well. So it's so fun. I yeah, we're yeah. day in the office. So, so I, I really hope I haven't scared anyone. No, to, no, no. And, and listen, I, I, every industry.
0: every commerce most most conversations that I've had have been more on the negative side because it's just it's just the natural state of the climate, right? And it'd be yeah. it'd be stupid to have. I mean, it's it's really good to be an optimist, but I think when you're founding, when you're f- founding anything, it's really, pr- it's you need to be a almost delusional optimist it's gonna, yeah. because it's going to, because it's going to be more productive for you. Right. But that doesn't mean you don't need to learn about the reality of the situation. No. It's okay. learn about the reality of the situation, understand that it's going to be very difficult and then ignore all the evidence against you and still decide to do it. That's kind of like the mindset that you need.
1: Definitely. definitely. And then, and then it's like, I think it's also, I read some quote that it's, it's also true. It's like, you need to love to take the risks, mm. but you also you also need to be good to mitigate the risks. Mm. It's not yeah. always to maximize the risk. It's like taking the big bets, but also like minimize yeah. the yeah. risk within those bets. Yeah.
0: I like but it. It's- taking those bets. 100%. Yeah. There's one, yeah. I, I like one that says, uh, make a lot of mistakes, but avoid catastrophes.
1: Yeah, yeah, Similar mindset. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing, Gustav. Well, thanks for the conversation. It was very, very educational. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure.